Hello, and welcome to The Adrian Ross Show, a product of the BMG Network. So glad you're tuned in at thebmgnetwork.com, the BMG Network's YouTube channel, or a major podcast platform. It's time for another exemplary episode. So here we go. Today on The Adrian Ross Show, you have the benefit of my musings, my post-midterm elections musings, because there are a lot of thoughts going through my mind, and I'm sure I'm not alone, but you get to hear mine today. Now, midterm elections took place on November 8th. Now, you wouldn't know that it's been that long because states are still counting votes, which is absolutely ridiculous as far as I'm concerned, and I'll get back to that. But I am going to pick up where I left off two weeks ago when I talked about exposing the sabotage agenda heading into the midterms. And I talked about the GOP leadership in particular, Mitch McConnell, Senate minority leader, who obviously has an agenda with anybody that former President Donald Trump endorsed because he pulled money out of some key races. We all were talking about this red wave and we had these candidates who begin to surge. Candidates like General Don Bulldog, like, like Blake Masters, like Kelly Shabaka. We had, we had these key races in New Hampshire and Nevada and Alaska, et cetera. And so what does Senate minority leader, uh, Mitch McConnell do, he pulls money out of those races. He pours about $9 million into Alaska's Senate race against Kelly Shabaka and for Lisa Murkowski. Now, Lisa Murkowski has been in there for 21 years, guys. She is not now, nor has she ever been a representation of what it is to be a conservative. She voted also to impeach Donald Trump. Trump, which of course might be the reason why Mitch McConnell is all rah-rah over Lisa, McC- Lisa Mikowski. And not only that, he had, you know, ads out against Kelly Shabaka. So I don't know, I don't know why anybody would defend Mitch McConnell. He needs to be out of there. This is a key time in our nation and you pull out of supporting people who are going to promote an agenda that we need in this country. But you know what? It's, it's about this whole, it's about status quo. It's about uh, sticking it to Donald Trump. It's not about what's best for the nation. And that's my issue with the GOP. And that's why I've run my mouth before about this party. I always say that whether you're talking the left, whether you're talking the right, both parties are struggling with what I call hot messedness. They're hot messes. But you know what? There are people within the Republican Party, there are conservatives who are not hot messes. And they would like some leadership that would back them up with their common sense approach. Okay. So I do have an issue with that. When we talk about uh, uh, losses, when we, we can look to leadership who did not support people we needed them to support period. Okay. That's part of the issue. All right. So anyway, let's, let's break down some of these thoughts that I have going on in, in my mind. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And, uh, wow, he beat Dr. Oz. That blows my mind. And it's not just because he shows up to campaign events wearing a hoodie. Um, I mean, we could talk about that. Some people are talking about that, but, uh, one of the things that, that I want to talk about is that, He obviously has some issues. He had a stroke and I'm not one of those people who makes fun of people, um, who have, you know, health issues, cognitive issues, anything like that. I've, I've talked about that where president Biden is concerned. I do think it 
it is a concern when you have uh, uh, trouble with your memory, when you have trouble leading, when you have trouble uh, putting sentences together and, and you're in uh, you're in huge leadership positions. Yes, I do have a problem with that. I, I don't take make it a personal dig for anybody who's dealing with whatever those cognitive issues, whether it is dementia or whatever. You know, I don't make fun of that, but I do say that's an issue when it comes to leading. Fetterman had a stroke. He obviously, if you've watched or listened to him at all, you know that there are some ramifications from that. And so, um, and I don't know that he denies that. And, and But so it blows my mind that people wouldn't think, you know what, this guy needs to be somewhere recuperating, not running for office. I mean, to me, it's just plain, but it shows you where we are. It shows you how ultra partisan people are, that they don't care. They don't care that it does damage not only to the person, but to the cause, to the nation by supporting people just because of uh, they're a Democrat or, or whatever the case may be. It's just it's just pathetic. And that, again, you're getting my musings, right? So I might seem like I'm all, all over the place, but we got to do better than this. We really do. And now they're trying to prop the guy up to be president. Can you believe that there's actually some talk about him being being president of the United States? You know, I mean... Why? What is, what is it? What is it that he has presented that makes that seems to be anything presidential? But then again, when we look at the current president, you know, if you're comparing those two, it might seem just absolutely fine. I mean, one is as good as the other, maybe. Now, I'm not saying that Dr. Oz was some fantastic candidate. You know, uh, you'll hear people readily admit that he was not. But you got Dr. Oz and you got John Fetterman. I mean, it really should have been a simple decision. And as other people have pointed out, it's not like Dr. Oz was like this really strong conservative. Like he comes across as barely Republican. So you would think that when you consider him, what he has to offer, and you consider John Fetterman and what you're dealing with there, you would think that you could go for a Dr. Oz, even if you were a Democrat, because he's really not all that conservative. But that goes to show, as I heard someone say on the podcast I was listening to, that people are so obsessively partisan that just the R behind the name is enough to make people put in a Fetterman, Mr. Hoodie, Mr. Liberal, Mr. I'm struggling recovering from my stroke and I should be somewhere recuperating Fetterman. And again, that's not a dig on him personally or making fun of any health issues. It's just that it is what it is. We need someone in in every elected office who is sharp and ready for the task and certainly not a far leftist. But anyway, so so there there's my musings on on that. And it brings me now to the uh, the ranked choice voting scam. What a mess ranked choice voting is. So in Alaska, and I've talked about this before, uh, we talked about this in reference to the race for the House of Representatives in which you have uh, Democrat Mary Peltola now finishing the seat that Representative Don Young held for 49 years. We have a Democrat in and Alaska's ranked choice voting. This the new system they've adopted is an absolute piece of work. And please don't come at me saying that people are just whining because your homegirl Sarah Palin didn't win, etc. cetera, uh, in, in the uh, race to fill to finish his seat, uh, finish his term. No, if you know anything about it, you know, there's plenty of reason 
to rail against ranked choice voting. It is a scam. And I will reiterate what I've said before. It was crafted by Lisa Murkowski's own attorney for the purpose of making sure she remained in office. The 21-year incumbent is not ready to be put out to pasture yet. And right now, she can't win straight up. She wouldn't be able to win in a regular primary, okay? Because people know the deal. And so her attorney crafted ranked choice voting so that she would be able to retain her seat. And you can do this, the research on that. It is admitted. This is not some conspiracy theory. It is the truth. And it is, uh, it has been admitted by staff members because Project Veritas exposed it. Okay. They exposed the staff members absolutely admitting that this is the case. And you know what? For those people right now, as the election is still going on, because that's how this stuff works with ranked choice voting, you know, if you don't get the 50% plus one vote, then you've got to go into, into the whole ridiculous, um, ranked choice voting mess, you know, and you can, you can look it up. I don't have time to get into all that, all that today, but there are people who are like, yes, you know, Murkowski's going to get out of there because after the first, um, original uh, round of votes, um, uh, Kelly Shabaka has a slight lead, but, but understand now we go to the next step. Because they ranked their choices, right? And this is what Lisa Murkowski and her peeps were counting on. So now, and because she's so Democrat friendly, because she really is a Democrat, okay? She's going to get uh, uh, those people who voted Democrat will have chosen her ranked Murkowski second. So then she will... um, most likely, I mean, we're praying for a miracle if things don't turn out this way, but as it looks, she's going to get those second choice votes, which will probably put her over the top and then bye-bye Kelly Shabaka. And again, I'm praying for a miracle. I'm calling it, you know, as I heard a friend say, midterm miracles, right? But it's so in other words, it's turning out exactly the way it was supposed to turn out. And ranked choice voting is something that Sarah Palin had warned about, has continued to warn about just as in her same race for the house where the vote was going to be split. You've got a Mary Peltola who is now serving at least until January. And you've got this other race now for the full term. Now, in the original, it's been four elections. This is ridiculous. There have been four elections so far. Now, originally, Sarah Palin's at the top of 48 candidates. Okay? I mean, when I say at the top, I mean way at the top. Okay? And so, but 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 four elections later, the Democrat is, is there in D.C. and leading... In this, in this race to see who is going to do the full year term. And that's still going on because of, yes, ranked choice voting. No one, no one got 50% plus one. But just as, as, um, as Sarah Palin mentioned before, that the math was going to come down to the same way it came down last time because as ranked choice voting works, you end up splitting the vote. So obviously in Alaska, a deep red state, you're going to have a situation where there's going to be more than one Republican who ends up in in the race when it all shakes out. And that was Sarah Palin and that was Nick Begich. And Nick Begich has gotten beaten now by Sarah Palin four times now. But when she had beaten him three times, she said, listen, this split the vote thing is ridiculous. He needs to step aside because he obviously can't win. And if he doesn't step aside, it's going to come down to the way it came down in the previous election. That's exactly what happened. They split the vote. So you've got this Democrat leading the pack. So now we have to wait until, I guess, the 23rd, right before you want your Thanksgiving turkey on the 24th. 
and you're going to hear the net, the results of this one as they, as a machine, the Dominion machines divvy out the second choice votes and the third choice and however this comes down until someone gets 50% plus one. And again, I'm praying for the midterm miracle because we need Sarah Palin in office. You want to know who has the courage to stand up to this is to the establishment. You want to know who is the one who's not in the go along uh, crowd, who's not in the get along, you know, go along to get along crowd. That's going to be Sarah Palin. She is a fighter and she has conservative values. She's not a faux conservative F A U X. She's not a fake conservative and too much is on the line. Okay. So yeah, we, we need her. And so for those who have said you're whining about ranked choice voting, I'm saying to you, you're clueless and it's not just in Alaska. They want to spread this thing as has already been talked about as has already been preached. Okay. Do not allow this mess because you get somebody who hardly had any <laughs> votes really in the big scheme of the voting in the first election. And you don't think anything is, is wrong that somebody would get, I think Sarah had over 40,000 some votes when you've got 48 candidates, you know, Mary Pelton and, and Nick Beggage had like maybe, maybe 30,000 or so. Um, Mary Patola was down. If I'm, if I'm right, you know, you can check yourself, but if I'm right, I think it was like 16,000. You don't find it odd. And that was before ranked choice voting kicked in. This was when everybody got to vote for the, as it should be one person, everyone got to vote for one person. Okay. And so she spanked them. Sarah Palin did. You don't find it odd. You think it's just whining that now you have a Democrat who is, who is in Congress right now and leading once they've employed this scam of a system that Lisa Murkowski had her lawyer set up for her benefit. And you say you're just whining. No, that's just, I mean, it's just obvious. And if you don't see that there's something wrong with the way this is shaking up, shaking up or shaking out, then you're just in denial or you're just clueless or, you know, you're, or you're just a hater. But anyway, so there, there's my, there are my thoughts again on ranked choice voting. And I will continue to, to talk about it, to sound the alarm about it. And we don't want it to come anywhere near, uh, near our state. So you need to know what's up. So the next thing that I, I want to attack that I've kind of been uh, alluding to along the way, you probably can sense that I'm not very happy with how long it takes to count these votes. It's interesting how Florida just managed to have manages to have that mess together. And you got these other other states. It's like we're still counting. We're still counting. And, you know, you 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 want to call people election deniers or you want to call people conspiracy theorists and all this stuff. But here's the deal. How do you expect people to have confidence in our election when 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 freaky deaky stuff goes on, you know, uh, at, at, at election time? I, I, I just I, listen. All you know, I'm hearing about that these machines uh, all of a sudden they weren't working right and out of toner and surveillance cameras going down at night and all this stuff, you know, and then they, you know, find enough votes to, to eke out wins for the Democrats and all kinds of nonsense. And yet you want to say, well, they're just, they're just whiners and they're just, they're just election deniers and all this other nonsense. No, listen, how do you expect the American people to have confidence in our elections if you got all kinds of weird stuff going on and weird stuff continues to go on. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm not for this. It's, it's like it used to be election day, capital E, capital D. There's no election day now. It's like election, election month. It's ridiculous. 
And I know that there are people, probably even conservatives, who will disagree with me. But I really think there should be election day. You have to take your tail to the poll and you vote. And you know what? We count them. I'm like, get back to give back to just paper ballots, fill the sucker out. And you know what? We count them. And it's not like we don't know when election day is. We always, you know, we always know it's, it's like Christmas. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, I don't have my shopping done. And I've been guilty. I don't have my shopping done. Christmas snuck up on me this year. Oh, it's Thanksgiving time. Oh, they ran out of turkeys. I, you know, I don't know how that happened. Thanksgiving just kind of snuck up on me. No, Thanksgiving is the same time every year. Okay. Christmas, the same time every year. There's no surprise. We know when election day is. Seems to me they should be able to say election day is coming. You got your people who are voting. Okay. I mean, who are counting. So they're counting ballots and you should have, you should have enough people set up who can count around the clock until they all get counted. This coming back, like with Alaska elections on November 8th, we don't find out anything else until the 23rd. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. Still waiting at the time of this recording uh, for what's up in, uh, in, in Arizona, in, in terms of the gubernatorial race, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm like, and the machine mess and all, look, get it. Let's get some paper and pen. Like when we were kids in school, the old fashioned way seemed to work fine. How we, you know, paper and pen just kind of good, kind of good stuff. I'm all about progress, but some things need to be maintained because folk don't know how to handle it when they're not. So you got your people set up. You got your people ready to count. You've got a rotation if you need it. Let's get this thing done. We are supposed to be America. The world is looking at us and we can't even get some some results from elections. It's unbelievable. What are we waiting for more time to find to to create more dishonesty? I don't know. I'm just saying I'm saying that if you expect people to have confidence in our system, then you've got to do better. Don't get mad at me and others. When we just started, start going, "Hmm, not so sure I'm feeling or trusting this. What do you expect? So we need to go get back to election day and we need to get on the ball. Ridiculous. Well, anyway, these are my musings. If I sound angry, because I had a friend tell me uh, on my uh, my podcast about the ex- exposing the sabotage agenda. She's like, you sounded angry, you know, and um, I'm not angry, but I'm fired up. I am fired up, which brings me to my next point. And my next point is this. Listen, we've got to be people, conservatives and Christian conservatives. Hear me. We have to be willing to fight back. And I'm not talking about any kind of physical fighting, lest I be misquoted, because you know how they do. But we have to be willing to open our mouths or get on our keyboards or wherever we have to go. And we have to be willing to take a stand because the leftist media, the fake news artists, okay, the lamestream media, love to lie and they love to cast aspersions on conservatives and we many of us feel like there's something virtuous about just taking it or we want our mindset to be well it's just a waste of time it's not worth the fight And we become these passive people and we think that not fighting makes us holy when it might just make us stupid. I hate to throw that out. That just, that's the first, that's the first word that came to me, but the media should not be able 
to just be lying. We need to push back. Now, you can't push back on every single thing because I tell you what, pushing back at all can be can vex your spirit. <laughs> I mean, it really can. But you have to pick your battles and sometimes you have to initiate some and there's a time to fight. And I say I mentioned Christian conservatives, but I mean, yeah, Christian conservatives in particular because Christians tend to be, well, it's, you know, it's not our job to fight. You know, it's just our job to love. I mean, and it is our job to love, but you, you can you can be tough in love at the same time. I mean, look at Jesus. Look how Jesus handled um, the, the haters, the ankle biters, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, what would Jesus do? You better, you know, make sure you know, how Je- you know what Jesus would do. Jesus would, would, for some of that stuff, Jesus would say what? Get even to his buddy. <laughs> he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Called him Satan. Even, and, and, and to those, to those haters, Jesus said, I mean, he had all, he had insults that we might need to pull out today because they were, they were something else. Jesus said, you whitewashed sepulchers twice dead plucked up by the roots yeah somebody says we should be like jesus you know what jesus called it out when he needed to call it out and some of us have been called we're all been called to play a part in this crucial time in history we are blessed this is a tough time but it's also the greatest time to be alive especially if you're alive in christ and and we are not all called to handle things the same way. Not we're not all called into the to the same arena, but we all have a role to play. You know, and we need to find our role and we need to be doing that role. And for some of us, it's to combat some of the lies and the nonsense. And here's the deal is I heard some preacher say at one time, he says, you know what? It's not a godly thing to be passive when God says it's time to battle. And so it's all about, it's all about doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. This is a crucial time. That was the thing with Donald Trump. There are a lot of people who didn't like the way Donald Trump handled things, but, but Trump, we, Trump understood, you know, he wasn't initiating a whole lot of fights. He was a counterpuncher. Now he probably initiated a few and that might've been a good thing, but he was this counterpuncher who said, you know, no, it's not going to go unaddressed. I am going to push back. Now, sometimes I, you know, I feel like he punched down as I called it. Like I said, you have to pick your battles wisely, but God knows we needed a fighter and that was Trump. And we need some fighters now, but it can't just be one person. You know, um, I tackled this, uh, recently just a couple days ago. So I tackled, um, the independent who took something that Sarah Palin said and totally twisted it. Yeah, she had a post about the GOP establishment, about ranked choice voting, and she commented about not giving your money, your donations to to people basically who don't have the best interests of the country in mind, don't have your best interest in mind, you know, um, and, and, and don't waste your hard-earned money on messy people. I'll put it that way. She did not say do not donate to the GOP, but you know how the media are. And that's what the media, you know, the media will do what the media will do, the lamestream media. And so they twisted what she said because that's what they do. And said, she said, don't give money to the GOP. So you know what? Some of us have to get out there in the arena and you have to push back. You know, like, like George W. Bush, he didn't want to push back. And you know what? You see the results of that. I'll leave that alone too. But I just said, you know what? No, no more. The days of the media just lying and getting away with it. No, we need people to fight. And I'm not saying you got to be ugly and nasty because see, when you're right, you can be stern without being evil, (laughs) but you can come at it strong. And so we need to wipe away the mindset that it's unholy to stand up for truth. And again, everybody, not everybody has the same, same call, but we're called to something. And some of us need to learn to stand up and we need to learn to speak out and to speak up. 
And I, for one, am going to do my part in that uh, and, and wisely and pray that my heart is right when I do it. So we got to be fighters and we got to know what's going on. You can't fight. You can't stand up if you don't know what's going on, which brings me to another musing, I guess. Guys, again, please, please know what's going on. You know, we can't necessarily know every single thing, but we've got to know. I mean, we, we, we got an, I've been trying to sound the alarm on ranked choice voting, et cetera. And people, people are more interested, as I've said before, in cat videos at times. And I love cat videos. I love my cat. So I be, I, you know, my, excuse my bad English, but I be throwing cat videos out there too. But we've got a country on the line and, and we need to be praying and we need to be acting. Right. And you can't, you can't do those things effectively if you don't know what's going on. And at times I'll get questions about things that I've already been talking about. And they ask them at, at crucial times, you know, questions about ranked choice voting, for example, when I've already been talking about ranked choice voting and then, you know, it's election time and then people want election day. And then people want a full, a full on explanation about what it is. And I'm like, I don't have the energy right now to go through that, but I've been already talking about that. So I don't know, you know, look it up or something, but we have to be intellectually engaged. We cannot be intellectually lazy. And then at the midnight hour, want someone else to explain to us what is going on when we've been explaining all along. So, and I don't say that as a really, my, my heart is not just to be criticizing you when I say that, but it's to be encouraging you to understand to the best of your ability, what is going on. And when some of us are putting content out there so that you have necessary information, take the time to digest it so that you have an idea so that, you know, where ranked choice voting is concerned, for example, you know, know what's up because they're trying to get this thing to spread. And in Alaska, they, they explained it in like 26 pages and people, it barely passed on the ballot, but people were so, people were confused. And then they tried to say, oh, it's the way to keep dark money out of politics. And, and this, the, which is, it is the absolute opposite of that. And, uh, and, and, you know, things like, um, it's a way for us to, you know, have moderate candidates and, you know, so you can appeal to the other part. Look, we, we're, we're adults. We don't need you telling us to be nice. We can figure out, you know, we can figure out how we want to present our campaign and we can figure out which, which candidate we, we want. This nice stuff, you can be nice. I'm sure Mary Peltola, who's in the house right now, for representing Alaska, I'm sure she's a nice person. I keep hearing that she's a sweet sweetheart. Okay, I'm like, so what? I really am not interested in nice. We need we. Need, you can be nice and vote for Biden's agenda, and the country is jacked up. You can be nice and 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 um be be all all about um killing babies in, in the in, in the womb. You you can be you can be nice. <laughs> You know, and go along with an agenda that hurts the economy. I don't care if you're nice. I want to know if you know what's best for the country and have the courage to push that forward. Don't get me nice. <laughs> anyway. All right. And speaking of that, babies in the womb. This is probably my last point. In my musings, my post midterm elections musings, and that is the issue of abortion. Stacey Abrams, thank God, lost again in her quest to be the governor of Georgia. So glad to hear that. Um, how many of you have heard of Creflo Dollar, Minister? Preacher Creflo Dollar, uh, very well known. Um, a lot of people have had a whole lot of respect for him. Some don't, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting his name out there because the video was put out there. And so obviously he's not hiding it. But there was a situation in which Stacey Abrams came into his church and he stopped the service 
to give praise to Stacey Abrams. This is a church. This is a uh, supposedly on fire, spirit filled, rocking, you know, church. And we know what Stacey Abrams stands for. But before I, I, I get to that, let me uh, let me play for you his response to Stacey Abrams coming into his church. Right before you take your seat, I, I just want to say this because I want to see how it sounds. Uh, Governor Stacey Abrams just walked in. And uh, so glad to see you again. So, yes, you already know. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, so you already know what to do, right? How many of you have already done it? Big time. Make it happen. Do what you got to do. And, and we're honored to have you. Okay. Now, <laughs> I am so not saying that someone as radical, as radically left as Stacey Abrams is, shouldn't be you know, shouldn't be able to come into the church. Obviously, no, we're, we're, we're Christians. We're in the business of welcoming people in the house of God. We want to see people's lives change. We want to see people saved. That's not my point. My point is what she stands for and the way he was propping her up for governor. And I'm like, what? In fact, let me just, let me play for you what my response was to seeing that video clip. Check it out. I just got to say something because I just can't with the church. Pastor Creflo Dollar, really? Stacey Abrams? You're propping up Stacey Abrams for governor? This is Stacey, the heartbeat in the womb is manufactured slash you can have abortion up until whenever you feel like it slash abortion is an economic issue. Abrams? And you're propping her up for governor and your people are wildly applauding, indicating that either they already voted for her or plan to vote for her. Really? I started to wonder if this was church or a Planned Parenthood rally. Come on. God, please help your church. Yeah, I said it and I meant it. How do you as a man of God? And again, I'm not trying to just I'm not trying to diss the guy. Like I, I just, I don't get it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And and it's not like it was some secret and it was in some secret service. And then no, it wasn't a secret church service or anything. The video is out there. He's obviously not ashamed of it. So hey, he said it in front of the huge congregation. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking about it. He put it out there. Okay. So you heard what I had to say. I mean, here's a woman. I mean, she won't even say that a, a a baby has a heartbeat in the womb that's that's manufactured she said you know can't even say at what point is abortion an absolute no no it should be a no no period according to science according to more than that most importantly the word of god and i concur but she won't even say at what point, like, you know, so, so at what point should, should it be off the table completely? And she can't even, she can't even say that. So I was blown away when I just recently learned about her background, which is, you know, she comes from parents who were pastors, you know, and of course, just because your parents are, I don't know what her parents believe. And so I'm not trying to say they believe or she believes, but man, I mean, so I hope that she was taught better, but you never know. But so what was up with Creflo Dollar and this issue, issue of abortion? And this figures in obviously to the midterm elections because she, she lost um, the governorship. Perhaps people said once when she said, oh, that's not a real heartbeat. At that point, maybe people was like, I ain't voting for her. I don't know. But this, you know, radical left wing Stacey Abrams I'm so grateful that she lost. And so listen, when I posted that, when I posted the video of me 
calling this whole thing out with Creflo Dollar, I began to get a ton of engagement on Instagram, a ton of likes and comments. And I don't know who's doing the sharing, but it has picked up in the last several days even more. Now, and I posted this, we're going back, you know, before the election. So we're we're going back uh at least a couple of weeks maybe. But the the comments and the and the um and and the engagement, the likes and all that, I don't like I said, I don't know who's sharing it, but my my notifications on Instagram are just just pouring in all the way down, all the way down, all the way down. All the way down. So this is a serious, serious issue for people. Okay. And I, and people are like, they're not, they're not feeling what Creflo Dollar did. And they're obviously not feeling, uh, Stacey Abrams. Now, uh, um, you know, Democrats decided to use the issue of abortion to their benefit in this, uh, in this midterm because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and, you know, the ads and all this other stuff. And, um, they, they just gonna, they're gonna take away your, your, your rights over your own body and all these, you know, there were commercials and it's, you know, they're not even interested in preserving the life of a, of a mother. You know, there was, there was a whole lot. They went on, you know, generally Democrats, you know, um, try to point their finger at Republicans who, who talk up the, the pro-life issue and Republicans are constantly saying, we can't make that an issue in our elections. That's, that's not the issue. The issue is the economy. The issue is this. The issue is that. It's not about life and stay away. You know what? But Democrats, this, was, this is like, for many of them, this issue of abortion is a god. Just they, many of them worship at the altar of abortion. And they had no problem making it front and center in getting people to vote and getting people to um, many states had this on the ballot, abortion issue on the ballot, and sad and sick, we've had we have people who did not even vote to preserve to give health help and health to the life of a child born after a botched abortion, born alive, absolutely sick. But anyway, they made that front and center, and um, but Stacey Abrams. She lost, and I'm getting feedback from people who are extremely, extremely glad. Except I did get maybe two-ish, two, three comments from people, you know, um, uh, against my perspective. The vi- that video, uh, one person called me, you know, it was it was a play on calling me an Aunt Jemima. I can't remember exactly the play on words, but there was this play on words about me being, you know, Aunt Jemima. Um, you know how they do. They love to call black conservatives um, Aunt Jemima or you know Uncle Tom and, and stuff like that. So somebody threw that mess out there, and then someone else mentioned um, it's a shame when you can't even support your own people. And uh, so anyway, I I my comment was very simple. My reply was simply quote, in quotes, your own people with the question mark. Who's supposed to be my own people? My own people, meaning I'm supposed to support anybody who has, whose skin color is similar to mine. Is that what you're saying? And this, as I recall, was a black person and black people love to, you know, go that route sometimes. White people too, when they step out of place and, and want to put black people in their place. And um, so I was like, your own people. Like, who's that? What's that supposed to mean? you know, my own people, I don't vote based on skin color. And surely, surely we should expect more. It it is an insult to any person to tell them that they're not supposed to think on their own and have values of their own, but they're supposed to vote simply because someone is your own color. And many people alluding, many people saying, I should say, that that was the deal with Creflo Dollar, Pastor Creflo Dollar, that because she's black, he's up there propping her up in spite of the fact that she's all about killing babies, don't have a problem with that, and her leftist agenda, he's going to prop her up because she's black. And some people said that, and and I partly agree. I believe that that's a part of thing, a, a lot of it for people don't know him, don't know what his deal is, 
But I know that that is a whole big deal for a whole lot of people. But it's not just race because they if it were race, then they would have that same commitment. And I don't know where he's where Creflo Dollar stands on this, but I'm saying in general, people would have that same commitment toward Herschel Walker. But Herschel Walker is a Republican. So it's it's not just you can't just be black. You've got to be black and Democrat. And then if you're black and a Democrat, then the rest of us are supposed to vote for you. The rest of black people are supposed to vote for you. But I don't know. I'd be interested if Herschel Walker had walked in there. I wonder if he would have been given the same reception. Maybe. Maybe he would have been called, you know, Senator Walker. I don't know. But don't ever, ever tell me. And I hope I'm not just preaching to the choir. I hope there's some quote unquote haters tuned in. And if not, share this with some people. Don't ever come at me insulting my intelligence and my freedom by suggesting or outright stating that I'm supposed to vote with someone or or back someone because of the color of their skin, that I'm not smart enough to make a decision on my own. You're going to have to save that for somebody else because that will not work up here, up and in and through here. Just won't work. That is the most insulting thing. And I tell you, if you want to know who my people are, my people are those babies who are being killed. That's my people. And these people who pretend that it's about black and it's about the race and we've got to support. You know what? Black babies are being killed in the womb like unreal. And look, abortion is wrong, period. Regardless of race, doesn't matter, but abortion is disproportionately impacting the black community, the black family. And people want to talk to me about loyalty to blackness. What about these black babies? They're killing us off. You should know the history of Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. You take Car accidents, cancer, heart disease, crime, you name it. The statistics are out there and you combine those things, more black people are dying from abortion than from all of those things plus combined. So don't talk to me about loving the black people. And that is one of my issues with the people who are constantly calling conservatives racist. You better check yourself, please. It's the Democrat Party. We can go into the history of that. But it's the Democrat Party today pushing Abortion, married to abortion, worshiping abortion while while Planned Parenthood sets up camp in black neighborhoods on purpose, receives donations from people who say, I want this used to kill a black baby. And no, I'm not making that up. They've been caught. Thank you, Project Veritas. With that. But you want to pretend that you've got some loyalty to black people and you want to pretend that Republicans who are standing for life. Many, most, I would say you want to pretend that they're racist again. You better check yourself, but you certainly better check yourself before you come to me and expect me to look only at skin color. No, we got to do better. And the black church, the quote unquote black church shouldn't be no such thing. But you know what I mean? As in exhibit A, Creflo Dollar, we're propping up these people. Come on, we can do better. We're going to give an account. We've got to do better. And so, again, I, I hear my voice and I, you know, I feel like I sound angry, you know, as, as, as a friend had said to me, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to sound angry, but I am fired up. And we've got to be fired up. We have to be fired up. There is so much on the line. So I'm still praying for some midterm miracles and I'm praying for the nation. Obviously, as I say all the time, we know 
that the answer to what ails us is not a human being. Jesus Christ is the answer. But make no mistake about it. It matters who's in office. I've covered this many times too. You know, when the righteous rule, the Bible says, the people rejoice. And we need righteousness to rule. We need godly people. And uh, we need a godly agenda. And if, if, if you say, well, I don't know about that godly agenda. Well, look, how about we just not have a, a demonic agenda? How about we start there and work our way to godly? I am, uh, I'll be looking forward to, to the rest of the results when this election season finally comes to, to an end. And, uh, and prayerfully, we can get some things on the right track here. Um, I just want to say thank you for tuning in to me. Sounding like I'm screaming, but uh, uh, we persevere and we fight by the grace of God for what's right. And believe that we have the backing of the Lord. He's spurring us forward. And I want to be, I want to be one of those that he can, he can trust to do what he's called me to do. Whatever my part is. So thank you for tuning in to the Adrian Ross show. My, my uh, post midterm elections musings. And I, I hope that you take it to heart. And um, I hope that you will go to the bmgnetwork.com and check out the other podcast there and get yourself a good dose of common sense there. And uh, please know that the podcasts are engaging and enlightening and informative and, and, and often entertaining as well. And uh, if you want to leave me a message, please go to adrianrosscom at gmail.com and also go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you are allowed to leave a rating and review and do so for the Adrian Ross show. I will catch you next time. God bless you abundantly. The Adrian Ross show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of the Adrian Ross show at the BMG network.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly You don't want to miss even one episode.